Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, y'all. Before we get to the show, some quick announcements about what I am up to. I have a lot going on this fall, and I'd love for you to be a part of it. This Thursday, September 28th, I am going to be at Club Oberon in Cambridge, Massachusetts, as part of the body storytelling Boston date. It's basically like the moth with sex. So you want to be there. You can get tickets at bodystorytelling.com, B-A-W-D-Y storytelling.com. Just scroll down until you see the Boston date and there'll be a buy tickets button right there. Then on October 18th, I will be joining Samita Mukhopadhyay and Kate Harding live on stage at the Boston Athenaeum to talk about their rad new anthology, Nasty Women, Feminism, Resistance and Revolution in Trump's America. You can get info about that event at bostonathenaeum.org. And of course, I am also gearing up for the release of Unscrewed the Book, which is more officially known as Unscrewed Women's Sex Power and How to Stop Letting the System Screw Us All. So you're definitely going to want to go to getunscrewed.com and click over to the events page where you'll find the tour schedule. This is just the dates we have so far. More dates are still being planned. So if you don't see your city there, let me know and I will definitely see if I can make it. The whole tour is being made possible by the fantastic folks at the Pleasure Chest. Since 1971, the year I was born, the Pleasure Chest has firmly believed that everyone has a fundamental right to pursue sexual fulfillment. With boutiques in New York, L.A. and Chicago, at which I will be most definitely stopping for tour events for Unscrewed, the Pleasure Chest is committed to accurate, pleasure-based education and offers an array of free weekly workshops through their Pleasure Ed program, which is open to anyone looking to expand their Pleasure IQ. Their highly trained and sensitive staff is ready to help you find what you're looking for in a safe and judgment-free environment. Prefer to do your sexy shopping online? Visit PleasureChest.com and browse their diverse range of products and special collections curated by today's top sex educators like past unscrewed guests L. Chase and Tristan Taramino, plus Midori, Reed McCallo, and lots more. Check out PleasureChest.com for a complete listing of upcoming events nationwide. And because I got y'all, you can use the code UNSCREWED at checkout and enjoy a free Pleasure Chest lube with every purchase. All right. See you out there. Now here's the show. Welcome to Unscrewed, the show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I am your host, Jacqueline Friedman, and welcome to another Spare Parts episode of Unscrewed, where we bring you a little of this, a little of that, 
and we get you in and out in 15 minutes or less. Oh, Unscrewed Nation, I do not feel like talking about politics right now. I know there's a lot to talk about, and maybe I should be, but I just, I can't. (laughs) I want to talk about TV. I would love to know what you're watching that has good sexual politics, especially if there's new stuff. I feel like the new TV season is like kind of a wasteland. But also a couple of years ago, I almost missed out on the amazingness that is Jane the Virgin, just based on the title and and what the premise sounded like to me. So let me know what I'm missing. I did tune into the pilot of The Deuce, but I was super not sold on that. I know that David Simon has said that his project is to show like how exploitative and transactional the sex industry was in the 70s. And how we're still being influenced by a lot of that stuff today. But I feel like you can show that without being so relentlessly bleak and punishing. I know he said, like, I didn't want the sex to seem pleasurable or titillating. But, like, you can't tell me that no one was having pleasurable or titillating sex back then. And I actually think it would be more powerful to show the exploitative, transactional, sometimes violent parts of the industry if you showed what it looks like when it's good or if you showed that some of the characters felt like it was glamorous and exciting and then found out there was a price to pay or like you showed some people having happy sexual relationships so that it was a contrast to the ones that were bleak. I don't know. It just feels off. I just feel like it's crossed over from like the sex industry can be exploitative and transactional, which for sure, to like just an anti-sex agenda. And I I was kind of bummed out by it. I only watched the first episode because I found it so much of a bummer, even though I love Maggie Gyllenhaal usually. So let me know also if it got better. I'd love to know what you're watching and digging and what's got good sexual politics these days that maybe I'm missing out on. You can use the unscrewed hashtag on Twitter to let me know. You can at me at Jacqueline F. J-A-C-L-Y-N-F. You can also email me, unscrewed at JacquelineFriedman.com. Friedman is F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N. Let's talk TV. We have to have some distractions and pleasures in times like these. Speaking of pleasures, we have an advice question this week from a listener who really wants to help her younger cousins grow into healthy, happy sex lives. And Lynn Camilla, who wrote Vibrator Nation, the book we based last week's episode on, was more than happy to help me help her out. So this advice question comes from listener Tessa, who writes, First of all, I'm a big fan of your podcast. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Tessa. My family has recently been going through a lot of turmoil with my aunt going to jail and leaving her two children, aged 13 and 14, alone to be raised by an undisciplined and frankly clueless grandmother. There's been a lot of troublemaking and not much supervision in their lives. I want to be able to talk to my cousins openly and frankly about sex and how to approach it at their age. How do I broach the subject without getting the eye roll groan of, ugh, not this awkward sex talk with my cousin? I want them to open up to me about what they know slash have done slash want to do. Do you have any advice for how to start this conversation and what to make sure I say during the conversation? Thanks for writing in, Tessa. That's a great question and I'm glad they have you in their lives. What do you think, Lynn? Well, it is a great question and props to Tessa for being so proactive around her her cousin's lives and care, including the sex and sex ed piece. I'm not quite sure that she's going to be altogether able to ignore some eye rolls. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say let go of that. Just be okay with the fact that there's 14-year-olds are probably 
probably going to say, oh, no, and roll their eyes if an older relative is broaching the topic of sex with them. And that's okay. I mean, I think the big thing is that they might not say anything initially. They might kind of reject the overtures altogether. But they're still going to absorb it, right? They will remember the fact that she thought that this was something important enough to broach the topic with them and that she is a resource for them. They will remember that even if the first time they just say, I don't want to talk about it or nothing's going on or I don't have any questions. It might take her a couple of times of revisiting, you know, I just want to let you know that I'm here for you as a resource. I don't want to push it. But if you don't have questions now, when the time comes, I am here in the meantime here are some resources. Yeah, I was going to say the other thing, give them scarletteen.com. There are also some good books. I, you know, don't want to be too self-promotional, but a lot of 13 and 14 year olds have been gifted my book, What You Really, Really Want. Um, and there are other good books out there. Uh, there's Our Bodies Ourselves for for girls. Okay. You know, there's there's all kinds of resources you could give. And then they may not come back and talk to you about it, right? But like, they'll still know that you're cool, right? Like not, not you're cool, like, oh, they look up to you, like you're cool, like you're safe to talk to about this stuff, mm -hmm. especially if you provide like non-judgmental resources that they check out and they're like, oh, like my cousin wants me to read this. Like she must on some level agree with this, right? So, you know, you she asked like, what should she be sure to say? I, I think that you know, I don't want to give anybody a script because we all talk differently and, you know, giving it sort of a specific script, I think sometimes makes people feel awkward. But for me, what I would right. wa want to convey, and you can do this in whatever words you want, is like, I'm not going to judge you, right? Like, that's really important. What you do or don't decide to do around sex doesn't impact whether I think you're a good person or a bad person unless you're hurting someone else. I want you to be safe and I want to help you be safe. You Absolutely. have the r right to expect sex to feel good when you're ready for it. And you also have the right to decide when you're ready for it. Like those would be like the basic ideas upon which you could filigree. Would you add anything to that? I'm kind of off the top of my head here. No, I mean, I think, I think that those are all really important things for young people to hear. Like you have the right to say yes. You importantly have the right to say no. It's your body. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. I want you to have access to kind of accurate information in part because there's a lot of bad sex information out there. So you can come to me with questions. And in the meantime, here are these resources. But I'm not going to judge you. Yeah. A friend of mine who's a parent, her kids are a little younger than this, said that she told them, like, if you hear kids from school stay st tell you stuff around sex, come check with me because mm. they may have bad information, right? Like, not because you're telling on them or you're not going to get them in trouble. I'm not going to get you in trouble, but I want to make sure you have accurate information. And kids don't always have, you know, their parents don't even necessarily have the right information, right? So that might be a good message also, like, don't necessarily believe your peers. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's great advice. So practical. And if you do need to check and you don't want to talk to me here again, here's scarletine.com. I can't plug yeah. scarletine enough. No, me, me either. And, and the thing that I love about that kind of piece of advice from your friend is it teaches young people to be fact checkers. Yes. And that is a great deal. 
skill to develop at a young age. Don't believe everything you hear from friends, from the media, from, you know, like let's develop a kind of culture of fact checking even around sex. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, Tessa, we hope that helps. You are a very good cousin. Let us know how it goes. I'd love to know. Good luck. It sounds like it's going to be really valuable for them to know they have you as a resource in their lives. Yeah. And they're not going to tell you that. Probably. They're probably going (laughs) to act like you're annoying, but that does not mean you're not amazing. And if you have other ideas for Tessa or anyone else trying to be a good influence in a young person's life around sexuality, use the unscrewed hashtag or email me, unscrewed at JacquelineFriedman.com. And if you yourself have a sex or sexuality conundrum that you'd like help with from myself and a future guest, you know what to do. Drop me a line, unscrewed at JacquelineFriedman.com. Finally, I hope you will indulge me in talking a little bit in more depth about feminist bookstores in an excerpt from last week's show that we didn't have time to run. Because I feel like these days not everyone knows this history of what feminist bookstores were and what happened with them. And also because if we're not careful, feminist sex shops are going to go the same way. Here's some of the conversation between Lynn and I, both of whom worked in the closing days of a feminist bookstore, although different stores at different times, that I couldn't quite fit into last week's episode. I, too, worked in a feminist bookstore in uh, the mid-1990s in New York City. There was a feminist bookstore called Judas Room in the West Village, and I had the honor of working there, and I loved those spaces. You know, they were very similar um, experiences walking into a feminist bookstore as a young feminist and walking into Good Vibrations for the first time. Yeah, as a young yeah, exactly. I have I have similar feelings about those spaces. And they also were event and community gathering and education spaces. And they were very similar yeah. projects. Yeah. So what I most vividly recall about the last days of Judith's room was it was the moment in time when Barnes and Noble kind of came into New York and took over what felt like every other block. That had not been the case before the mid-1990s, these large Barnes and Nobles. And not only did they come in like gangbusters and just kind of, you know, erect these huge stores, but they had this huge inventory and all of a sudden they had women's studies sections Mm -hmm. and, you know, later gender studies and, you know, queer studies sections, which had not always been the case. And the thing that is worth just kind of noting is when you're, you know, a huge retail entity like a Barnes and Noble or a more contemporary example would be Amazon, you can just buy in such volume (laughs) that your cost of product is so low. So I bring Amazon up because Amazon, you know, looms large in the minds of today's feminist sex toy retailers. Because that's now an entity that they're competing with online is is Amazon. So I think there's interesting kind of parallels in terms of the missions of feminist sex toy shops and feminist booksellers historically. You know, it makes me think about when the bookstore was closing, all these people would come out of the woodwork and be like, how can the bookstore be closing? I love this space. And even afterwards for years, because we we created a nonprofit that kept the mission going 
and use mm. the same phone number. And I wound up running that organization. I would get calls literally for years after the store was closed looking for the bookstore. And people would be yeah. almost angry that the bookstore was gone, right? They'd be so upset. Yeah. And I wanted to say to them all, like, well, where were you? If you cared that much, like, why didn't you let that impact your buying decisions? Yeah. You, you clearly would have known sooner. Yeah. I would say that to folks, not only if you have feminist bookstores in your neighborhood or can buy from them online, but also feminist sex shops. Got it? Excellent. That is all we have time for this week. Unscrewed is available wherever podcasts are available. Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher. You know what I'm going to say. When you're in there, make sure you're subscribed so you won't miss an episode. And also give us a review. Give us five stars and just a sentence or two. And it super helps other folks find the show. Also, I just want to give a shout out to everyone who came out to the Unscrewed Wire People Into That live show crossover at the Sex Expo this weekend in Brooklyn. We had such a great time and I'm going to bring you audio from that in weeks to come. I promise. Unscrewed is produced and edited by yours truly, Jacqueline Friedman. Our in and out music is by The Pink Tiles, and our cover art is by Nicole Dodonna and was developed in collaboration with The Establishment, who also developed the sound cues. Until next week, I'm wishing you safe and happy sex lives. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market